21 LC 36 public hearing and transfer application of class A liquor license from WTT Liquors Inc. doing business as Warehouse Liquors to Warehouse Wine and Spirits Inc. doing business as Warehouse Liquor at 373 North Main Street. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Is there anyone here that would like to speak for or against this application? Is there anyone that would like to speak for or against this application? Hearing none, next item on the public hearing. 21LC37, public hearing on secondhand dealers' merchandise license by Trash or Treasures New England at 46 Arnold Street. Is there anyone here that would like to speak for or against this application? Is there anyone here that would like to speak for or against this application? Hearing none, I ask for a motion to close the public hearing. So motion made by Councilman Tenoy, second by Councilman Ward of Councilman Gillette. In Councilman Gillette. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. The public hearing is closed. Moving on to the agenda for Board of License Commission. 21LC36, application on transfer of Class A liquor license from WTT Liquors, Inc doing business as Warehouse Liquors to Warehouse Wine and Spirits, Inc., doing business as Warehouse Liquor at 373 North Main Street. Motion made by Councilman Sierra, public Application on secondhand dealers' merchandise license by Trash of Treasures New England at 46 Arnold Street. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Second by Councilman Gillette. Comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. 21 LC 37 is approved. 7 to 0. 21 LC 38, application of licenses and renewal of licenses. Um, I asked the police department about reports. They provided me a list of reports. They 
about any other establishment except for black. And I'm trying to, um, in my mind, I want to see them succeed. I think it's a great venue that they have set up there. But I think that you know, with, like this weekend, their entertainment was limited. They said it was ending at 8.30. So by putting a 9 o'clock limit, I don't think is, is going to hurt. And to put up some type of sound dampening material on just one wall of their tent, um, I think is a very reasonable request. And I do know that Councilman Ward met with them um, as I met with the other establishment to get them to voluntarily uh, just try and help the neighborhood. And it doesn't seem like they were able to do that um, as the one that I had dealt with personally. So um, I would extend some type of restrictions to any establishment that I was receiving complaints about. Unfortunately, we're down to just this one. I mean, if others have other establishments, then, then they can put, bring them up. But I am only now receiving complaints about this one establishment. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Any other comments? I just have a question. Okay. In the meeting that Council um, Board had with them was the hesitation due to financial difficulties, um, saying a lot of businesses are suffering because of COVID and don't have the excess funding um, to put a pause like that, but was it just they were not interested? It, was, it wasn't actually a meeting with them. I was on the phone with them while they were sitting behind this establishment in the middle of the music when I got a complaint to the neighbors about it and I had to sit there to listen to it and heard it and it was not a lot. So I called him and was speaking with him. And no, he didn't, he didn't indicate um, that it was that specifically cost prohibitive or that he was struggling in any way as a result of this. this and of course, we're not talking about much more than a, a violent covering on the short end of a, of a tent, which should not be prohibitively expensive. Um, as a matter of fact, he was, he was, he did start the, the legalistic argument discussion about decibel levels and what's allowed and my rights to utilize my business and such. And um, so we, we didn't really come to an agreement on what he would do. I was simply suggesting to him that covering that land would go a long way towards solving the problem. And we sort of left it at that um, because I really wasn't able to head my and I know that in dealing with those complaints, I don't know how far you know that our ordinance only speaks to hearing something from neighboring properties or 75 feet away, and it's almost a subjective call as to whether or not something is too loud or not. Um, I don't think there's anything we're aware of, directed. There's something with the take decibel meters out there to consider their property. Yes, well, I know they have them. I just don't know whether our ordinance specifies a certain level at a certain distance. No. I don't think it does. No, it doesn't do exactly. So it becomes very subjective. We had best to leave this way back when it was The ordinance doesn't allow that person's more or less. It has to be from here, and it has to be within reasonable. And we can be projected, as you said. If I could just add, if they're going to have any barriers or any limits here, just be sure that.
So I just want to make sure I, I they've been saying they're advertising their entertainment until 8 30. If we put a nine o'clock limit, that won't hurt the voluntary limit. Um, but it will stop them from going later into the evening with outside entertainment, which could become a problem for the neighbors. Okay. Council President, Councilwoman Sierra. If the business is staying within the limits of the law. We do have a noise ordinance in place. I believe it's 10 p.m. And if they're voluntarily quitting at 8.30, they're well within their rights. The neighbors have an option of both planting a row of the lighting, but if the neighbors have an option of doing things as well, um, I, I, I don't feel like it's fair to pick on some uh, institution that pays up the income high rate of taxes and, and not impose it on, on the, the landowner as well. Can't, can't develop trees. Yeah, if you're going to have him put up a barrier, then they can too. I, I just thought that if, if you can't do this, if you can't do this unilaterally, I don't think it should be done discriminatory like it is right now. It, it, it appears to me like we're picking out a business, especially when there's multiple businesses that have outside entertainment. In many here populated areas within our city, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, any other comments? 
Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? No. Councilman Susie? No. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And the application for black restaurant is amended on a 4 3 vote. On the May motion as amended, comments. Hearing not all those in favor. Aye. Opposed? Does the record reflect who would come from Sierra? Voted no. You voted no. You voted so let the record reflect that Councilman Sierra, Councilman Gonzalez, and Councilman Susie voted against the extended outside payment license for black restaurants. But the application passes on a four to three vote. As an mm -hmm. Moving on to public comment. I would ask that if there's anyone here that would like to address the city council, that you approach the podium, adjust the microphone so that we can hear you, state your name and address for the record, and please keep your comments to under five minutes. As, as always, in good case, and um, speak up so we can hear you. Thank you. William Doe, 154 Woodhaven Road. Good evening. Uh, I have two things I want to be brought up to uh, public works. Uh, number one is Altapulu Road is being overgrown by tree roots, uh, vines, everything else. And I was wondering if the city could uh, mow both sides of Altapulu Road. Uh, the only place that there's nothing is where there's property right out to the road and they mow it themselves. Also at Priscilla in Albuquerque, there is a grapevine or something growing on the side of the road that's halfway into the northbound lane. And there's two cars that are at that point, one has to stop. It's uh, really bad at that intersection. Also, uh, Faraway, I think it is, or Faraway, I did put in a pothole request for that. Uh, the whole road needs to be resurfaced. It's one big piece of pothole. And those are the two things I'd like to bring up. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else that would like to address the city council? process matters. 
and we lived by a code, and that was like process matters. And even though there were times in which we tended to hold elected leaders accountable, it was called political, as it often is. But accountability for elected officials, no matter who they are, at whatever level they are, I think is vitally important. Over the four years that we served together, we saw several resolutions, ordinances, the charter itself, violated it several times. We spoke of it. We took vocal action, but we really didn't take a whole lot of action, action, like you have before you tonight. <laughs> so I was pleased when I saw this particular piece of legislation, not only because it actually it sets a nice halfway tone. As a criminal defense attorney, we use progressive discipline. And when someone commits a crime for the first time, they get a fine if they plead with a fine. And then it goes on to probation, suspended sentence, what have you. I think that this is a good middle ground for the council to send a very important message to the mayor and to the administration. That process matters, and I think you guys are taking it in, in, in your answer, and I, I applaud you for that. Um, over the course of, as I said, being on the city council with you, especially resolutions, resolutions were ignored countless times. And in fact, in public comments that were made on local radio, it was said by the mayor herself that, well, resolutions are suggestions, they're opinions, there are they're just thoughts to be utilized by the council, don't really have to be followed. So I was extremely pleased when I read what I will tell you is what I thought was a, a well-written opinion by the city solicitor in their communications tonight, 21CS22, in which the solicitor states, moreover, the mayor must perform duties as required by ordinance or resolution in bold for emphasis of the council. Accordingly, my opinion is that a resolution while not having the full force and effect of an ordinance must be followed and cannot be ignored. I agree with that. And the resolution that was violated as a result of why we're here tonight certainly had to be followed. The charter has to be followed. And it is a violation by this council. But that's not the only one. Certainly not the only one. It says a it just it illustrates a pattern of behavior that occurred over several years, and I think that that's what drove you to have this before you tonight. There was an election last year, and the results are what they are because the mayor is the mayor, and I'm on this side of the microphone, and that's fine. And I'm a happy guy, I can tell you. Although I like to spend spend my Monday nights with you, good folks. I'll tell you. Being at home, having you guys on TV, and being on my couch is not so bad. Um, but when I was here, and I, I, uh, I always moved to hold everybody accountable, and I live by that. And there were remarks that were made by the mayor uh, at her acceptance speech and, and in the media soon thereafter that said, well, now we're going to have a kumbaya moment with the city council, and we're going to have that kumbaya moment because there was an individual who was running for mayor of the city council. And now that he's gone, everything is going to go along swimmingly. Uh, former Council President Albert Green always used to say that I had a keen sense of the obvious, so I'm going to guess that that comment was about me. 
And uh, but I'm not on your council anymore, and yet the pattern of behavior continues, and that's why you're here tonight. Having to consider that I didn't come just to vocalize my support for the resolution. I came here asking this council for something very specific. And very specific is for unanimous support of this. And I'll tell you why. A vote for this tonight is a vote for good government. It's a vote that says process still matters on the Woonsocket City Council. I'm sure that there's some hesitancy that says, well, if I vote one way or, or I vote another way, I may upset one constituency or another constituency. What I would advise the council tonight is that a yes vote doesn't make you someone who is anti-mayor. What it does is it makes you someone, a counselor, who is pro-good government. There are separate and equal branches of government that absolutely need to be adhered to and honored. And this has not occurred. Nobody is bigger than anyone else as elected officials. You all have a role to play, whether it's the school committee, the city council, reps, senator, the mayor. When taking this vote tonight, no one is more important, no one is better. We have a separate and co-equal branches of government. They ought to be respected, and I hope you'll do so with a yes vote tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to address the city council? Hearing none, we'll move on to the consent agenda. Council President. Councilman Knoyer. We make a motion to accept all items within the consent agenda. However, I would like to take the vacancy list out uh, and address that separately. Motion made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilman Gillette to receive the consent agenda. Are there any other items to be taken up separately? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? The ayes have it. The consent agenda is received as presented with the exception of the vacancy report. Councilman Knoyer. Um, on the vacancy report. Do we have a motion? Um, motion to accept the vacancy report. Motion Second. made by Councilman Knoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilman Ward. Comments? Councilman Knoyer. Yep, just, just briefly, number one, uh, thank you, Director. Um, and to uh, Mr. Ferguson as well. This is helpful and I uh, very much appreciate it. The one comment I had is actually for the solicitor. Solicitor, it looks like you have filled your legal uh, executive secretary position, the one that was previously um, occupied by Mr. Uh, Dunnigan. Yes. Okay. Um, you do what you want, but I'd like to make a recommendation for your consideration. <laughs> um, since um, since that position was left open for three or four weeks, there is some money available. And um, just to uh, perhaps help um, smooth the transition, uh, because we are looking for, if you recall, we had a work session, and we're anxious to get some information from your department on some of the tax appeals and so forth. Um, it might make sense, if you're so inclined to perhaps, and if she's available, to bring Ms. Dunnigan back for three or four or five days on a temporary basis to help transition 
uh, the new employee, and there's, there's, you know, there, there are funds available that could be transferred from regular earnings to temporary services. So, anyways, I'm not looking for an answer, but just take that into consideration and consider that. That's a good suggestion. Thank you, Councilman. That's all I've got. Thank you. On the uh, vacancy report, any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor of receiving the vacancy report signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? The ayes have it, and the vacancy report is included, is received 7 to 0. Councilman Kanoya, you I know you have you print out the report. Do you have this 21 CS23, which is the monthly report legal matters? I was going to ask to accept that as well because it's it's, it's not, not asterisk. It's not in the consent agenda, so if we could have a motion for CS, 21 CS23. So moved. Motion Second. made by Councilman Kanoya, seconded by Councilman Ward. Any any comments on the monthly report legal matters? Council President. Councilman Ward. Just want to make the public aware that for fiscal year 21, on a $65,000 budget, we ended up spending $160,000 on property assessment appeal defense by the city, um, which I think coincidentally was about the price differential between the two bidders on the um, statistical revaluation bids uh, that we actually the lower bid it cost us $160,000 so um, I just thought the public would want to be aware of that thank you okay any other comments hearing none all those in favor aye aye, aye. Opposed? The ayes have it in 21 CS23 is received 7 to 0. Moving on to. Uh, oh, motion to approve the minutes. Oh, sorry. Of 81621 and 82521. Second. Motion made by Councilman Ward, seconded by Councilman Knoyer to receive the minutes from the uh, August 16th meeting and the August 25th meeting. Any changes, corrections, or deletions? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. In the minutes from the August 16th, 2021 meeting and the August 25th, 2021 meeting are received as presented. Moving on to unfinished business of the previous Council meetings. Councilman Knoyer. Can you just indulge me? Um, I'd like to make a motion to add the following to the agenda for discussion purposes only. Just a, a brief discussion regarding the uh, Woonsocket water treatment plant. So make that motion to add. Motion made by Councilman Kanoya, seconded by the chair. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? The ayes have it. Councilman Kanoya for discussion purposes only. Okay, just, <clears throat> excuse me, just briefly, um, we had a, um, a ribbon cutting for the water treatment plant last Friday. Um, and I just want to say for the public's consumption, because uh, it w uh, wasn't entirely clear to me how uh, open and available that was, but um, we, a number of us had the pleasure of uh, seeing for the first time the completed water treatment plant up on Gilson Ave, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, Director D'Agostino and his, and his team, including John Pratt, uh, did a yeoman's job overseeing and getting that done, and they should be congratulated. Um, we have a water treatment plant that this city should be so proud of. We beat ourselves up sometimes about lots of different things here in the city, um, but that is a first-class operation up there, and I would 
Um, I would ask respectfully um, the director of public works perhaps or somebody to consider uh, their choice, but consider having uh, an open house, if you will, where the public could go up and see it, perhaps excluding a tour through the building because there's, there's issues with having people run through the building, but certainly to see the site, the location, etc. You might need a map because uh, some people had a hard time finding it because it's tucked away up there, but it's absolutely stunning. Um, and as I indicated uh, at that ribbon cutting, um, a project like that, a 57 million, roughly 56, 57 million dollar project does not get done by any one, two or three people. It takes a lot of people, you know, a lot of hands that touch that and uh, over the years. It was a long process, but it was an incredibly, from my perspective, successful process. Um, and as I said, many people uh, contributed. Um, but I will, and one of them was mentioned, but I will say there were some unsung heroes. Um, and two of them were former mayor Leo Fontaine, and this is not to take away from anybody else that did a ton of good work, but I just, uh, I, have to, I have to mention this. Um, Again, un unsung heroes from my perspective, Mayor Leo Fontaine, former Mayor Leo Fontaine, as well as former Council President John Ward. And the reason I say that is in 2010, a little over a decade ago, Mayor Fontaine at the time came to the City Council, I was not a member, um, with his Public Works Director at the time and the engineering uh, folks that advised the city and they were recommending as a replacement running a pipeline to Pawtucket and then building a water treatment plant, a smaller scale treatment plant perhaps in the future. Um, and that was the recommendation at the time. Uh, a number of folks said, okay, that's, we get it, but we want to look and think about this a little bit more. And to their credit, and this is why I say they're unsung heroes, to their credit, they said, okay, um, that's fine. We did a lot of work on this. We have a formal recommendation from the experts, the engineers and so forth. But they were open-minded to taking a look, and they, uh, Councilman Ward on the council set up an advisory committee to look at it, and Leo Fontaine, Mayor, former Mayor Leo Fontaine, appointed uh, some folks uh, from the community as well as from the council, um, and ultimately they changed direction, and they went with a different, uh, a different idea. Instead of uh, going to Pawtucket, they decided to build a water treatment plant and to keep it right here in the city of Woonsocket. Uh, so for, for that, I give them a ton of credit for being open-minded and willing to um, change and make an adjustment, um, which uh, I think has accrued greatly to the city of Woonsocket. So I'd encourage people, uh, if they have a chance, they should go and take a look at what these guys, uh, Director D'Agostino, his team, and a number of other folks created up on Jilson Ave. It's absolutely beautiful. So again, thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to make a comment regarding the water treatment plant? Mr. President? Yeah. Councilman Susie. Yeah, perfect. I think that's well said, uh, Councilman Knoyer. Um, and I think one of the dignitaries actually said uh, on Friday that this plant in particular was probably the finest waste, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, water treatment plant in the country. And that was uh, something that I think was so beautiful to hear. So, yeah, congrats to everybody. Good. Any other comments? Ditto. Ditto. Very good. I think I think you'd get a ditto from everybody. Um, and thank you for saying it, Councilman Kanoyer, on behalf of the whole council. All set. Yep. Moving on to unfinished business. Twenty-one zero fifty-five, an amendment of Chapter Seven Three Four Five of the Ordinances of the City of Winsocket, entitled "Salaries of City Officers of the City of Winsocket." Motion moved. 
Motion made by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Second. Seconded by Councilman Knoyer. Comments? Mr. President. Councilman Gillette. Uh, the last City Council meeting when we had first passage, uh, I said that I came with the intentions of voting no on this, on this legislation, but after listening to my colleagues, I decided to go what was being suggested, so I ended up voting yes. Uh, and since then, I have been thinking about this legislation. And I'd like to bring out a couple of points. The salary of uh, $89,122 was the same salary, if I'm not mistaken, that N. David Boulay was making uh, before he ended up passing away, God bless his soul. He was completely experienced and never, ever, ever used the term, well, I haven't been here long enough to uh, know about certain things that happened in this department, and uh, so it's, I'm still learning. That statement was said by the acting planning safety director at a meeting not too long ago. So the $5,000 that we're adding on to the, set, the existing salary, it looks as though, although it's not said in the legislation, that this is going to be a $5,000 raise for the assistant or acting director of planning. And until I get that out of my mind, I believe that I have to vote no. The acting planning director, director of planning right now, uh, admittedly is not as experienced as the last planning director. And I don't think that we should be giving out a raise to somebody that has the lack of experience if it is going to be a raise for the assistant planning director. On here it says director of planning but I think that it's going to end up as for the acting planning director. And if that's going to be the case, then I'm going to end up voting no on this. Council President? Yeah. Councilman Kenoya. Um So a couple of things. Councilman Gillette, I understand your concern. Um, but just a few clarifications. Uh, Ms. Palacastro has been named the director of planning and development. She's no longer acting. Uh, the mayor named her the uh, the full time. She is it. She's not acting anymore. This is uh, her job. Um, and I will tell you that at the last meeting, um, we can debate salaries and so forth. Um, this is actually not the same as um, the former director that you referenced. It's actually it's actually more. Um, but I'm willing to support it. And I mentioned it at the last time, at the last meeting. Um, I'm happy to support it. Um, for several reasons, but in part um, because this is a request of the administration, and you know we keep talking up here about not only process but about mutual respect and cooperation and trying to work together. Um, and uh, if for no other reason, um, if this is what the administration is recommending and this is their wish to manage this function and this role, I will be supportive of it in the spirit of working together. So I hear your concerns, um, but I will still continue to support this as I did the last time. Thank you. Council Thank you. President. Councilwoman Gonzalez. 
a few months ago, I decided to um, call the administration and requested a day to come in and meet every single department. And I have to say, when I walked into um, the planning and development department after having been there before, with just one visit alone, you will see that it's a whole different, the organization that is in that place, um, the comments that I got from every person that is under her, not to mention all the different directors that have come up here and said that she has been the most qualified because she has been cross-trained in many other different areas that none of our planning and director um, depart, um, department leaders have had before. I've actually heard from the directors nothing but praise and I would I would um, encourage you to just take, and everyone here, to just take one tour of every single department and when you walk into there, you won't even, even I, I think just for the remodeling and or every desk had a purpose. Every person that sits, it was in the system that everything travels. She put thought into every single detail. And I was, I walked out of there highly impressed. Didn't know much about her that day, but I stand here in support of this $5,000. I think she deserves that and more. Thank you for your work. Thank you. Any other comments? I will simply say uh, at the budget hearing, when we were discussing the budget, uh, my biggest single objection was not with the individual that's sitting here tonight, but more with the fact that there was not a finalized appointment. And I don't believe that anyone should sit in an acting position um, forever. <clears throat> and I said that once the position, yours or another one, was made finalized and permanent, that I would support the additional increase and so I supported first passage and I plan to sit here tonight and support second passage um, mostly in part because the mayor uh, made that appointment permanent and it's what should have happened long before so I'll leave it at that any other comments hearing none Mr. Roll President, call Councilman Gillette the second time Councilwoman Gonzalez you said that very well uh, you made your statement very well I congratulate you on that and I hope that someday I achieve the same vote of confidence for the new planning director uh, as you have. And uh, Councilman Kanoya, uh, in the sake of cooperation with your words, you want to pass this for the sake of cooperation. Okay, let's pass it for the sake of cooperation. And let's see if the CDBG budget passed by the City Council is taken care of exactly the way that we passed it. That's the kind of cooperation that will help me to obtain the same kind of confidence that Councilwoman Gonzalez has. Agreed. Very well said. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? No. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Jandron? Yes. And 21055 is approved. Second passage, 6 to 1.
21057, amending the Code of Ordinances, City of Winsaka, Rhode Island, Appendix A, entitled Personnel Ordinance, Section 2.1A, in connection with appointments within the Law Department. Motion approved. Jim. Motion made by Councilman Kenoya. Second. Second. Seconded by Councilman Ward, Councilwoman Sierra, and Councilman Gillette. Comments? Hearing none, all those in uh, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 21057 is approved 7 to 0. 21058 granting a petition for a new joint poll for National Grid and Verizon on Chester Street. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Ward? Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 21058 is approved 7 to 0, second passage. 21059, granted a petition for a new joint poll for National Grid and Verizon on Mechanic Avenue. Motion passed. Motion made by Councilman Gillette. Second. Seconded by Councilman Ward. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 21059 is approved 7 to 0, second passage. 21060, Ordinance and Amendment of Chapter 10, entitled Garbage and Trash of the Code of Ordinances of the City of Winsocket. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kenoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 21060 is approved, 7 to 0, second passage. 21062, establishing EMA administrative stipends for the City of Winsocket's Emergency Management Agency. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilwoman Gonzalez? I'll second. Seconded by Councilman Susie. Just, um, I want to make clear to everyone, this is a first passage for this ordinance because it was tabled from the previous meeting. Comments? Council um, President? Co Councilwoman Gonzalez. So during our June 21st meeting, while we were discussing um, the budget, um, the EMA stipends um, for the director and the deputy director came into question. Um, the council at that time decided to remove them from the budget. However, at that time, we were uncertain whether the positions for the EMA director and deputy director were state mandated. Um, I remember Councilman Knoyer posed a question to the deputy of finance director, Cindy Johnston, and her response wasn't entirely um, sure. She said, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, now, Councilman Knoyer has suggested if it were ma mandated that it could be brought before this council once again um, to be reinstated. And according to the Rhode Island general laws, um, a local emergency management director is required under the Emergency Management Act in Chapter 30, 15, um, 12. Therefore, I am requesting the reinstatement of the EMA administrative stipends and the EMA director and the deputy director um, positions. Thank you. Any other comments? Mr. President? Councilman Susi. Yeah, and just thank you, uh, Councilman Gonzalez. Um, yeah, I think this, 
this was a these are positions that were in place prior to the pandemic, which is the biggest thing that any of us have probably lived through. Um, and to think that we would want to do away with these two modest, very modestly uh, priced uh, positions required by state law still hits me oddly. So I, I would certainly support uh, bringing these uh, these positions back for the, the small statements that are that I've shown here. Uh, I think it's more important than ever before. I mean, we've had them before. We've gone through the, and still living through this pandemic and to th and then who knows it's on the horizon, right? Uh, and that's why you have these kinds of uh, uh, positions in place to help us deal with those future uh, things that might arise. So I will certainly be uh, supporting uh, adding this back on. Thank you. Any other comments? Council President, second. Councilwoman Gonzalez. I just want, because I, I hear everybody talking about um, the COVID, which has had a big impact on um, these positions, but we also have to consider the storms. We just recently had a storm. We got a report on, you know, the chaos that comes with any one of these um, natural disasters um, that come our way. And I believe, and I don't have exactly which grant it is, we just received another um, grant that can't be used towards um, uh, towards these stipends that are not even, I mean, they're minimal. Um, so I hope to get everybody's support on this. When you stated um, you read state law, did that specify a directive? I can actually read it to you. Well, I, w I just want to know, um, does it require a deputy and, I mean, a director and a deputy director? It says that it has to be similar to, um, com uh, to the agency headed by the state, which has both. It but says, it it, it, it says each city and town of the state shall establish um, through, uh, throughout local ordinance a comparable agency headed by the director similar to the statewide disaster agency. Okay. And that's their, the way that they are um, set up. Any other comments? Council President. Councilman Ward. Um, I have some concern with an EMA director, um, and so I'm going to, not necessarily with an EMA director, I recognize the state statute requires it and we should have a deputy because there are circumstances that arise that may require more than one uh, person in, in the fold or maybe even three. However, I became concerned in thinking about this because not every issue is a medical issue. There's a variety of issues at play, whether it's flooding, hurricanes, uh, fires and things of that nature and what I was concerned about is the possibility of someone um, being required to be in two places at once as it were <laughs> and so I'm going to offer an amendment to this not to do anything about the first section but to take section 2 and renumber it section 3 and insert a new section to the language which will say the EMA director and any deputy directors shall be either a resident of the city of Woonsocket or a full-time employee of the city of Woonsocket, period. And I say that, as I said, because if you have someone who is in a full-time capacity in a public safety or a public works or some other capacity in another community where you have an emergency that occurs across borders, um, it may put the position, the director of being in a position to have them make a choice about where they're going to be, which master they will serve. And I don't, I know we cannot specifically limit it to 
residence because it's an employment of a type, and that's a violation of the state law. You cannot require residency. However, um, many full-time employees of the city are not residents, and so it's open to non-residents as well as residents. However, unless they're an, a municipal employee full-time, I would not want this position to be someone other than a city resident who would be available um, to be at our service in an emergency. And so I offer the amendment um, to make that change and continue the, the EMA director's role and the, and the deputy directors at the compensation levels, but to specify that requirement in the best interests of the service to the city of Woonsocket specifically. And I will invite the solicitor between the first passage and the second passage if there is some residency law conflict with that, and please advise us as such. But for the first passage, I would like to offer that amendment. Thank you. An amendment was offered by Councilman Ward. Second. Do we have, who is that? <laughs> Seconded by Councilman Knoyer. Okay. Comments on the amendment. Just clarification, so uh, they must be a resident or an employee of the city, correct? City of Woonsocket. Okay. Council President. Councilman, uh, Director Gillette. If I could just uh, speak on that, if that's okay. Uh, what Vice President, Vice President Ward had uh, just mentioned. Um, normally in these, these big events, um, EMA um, gets involved. And we need qualified people who understand this. And the person who we're speaking about now is, is one of the most qualified people in the state. So um, when you say jurisdiction boundaries, Rhode Island's a small state. When we have an incident like a hurricane, everybody, 39 cities and towns are on the phone together, working together and for the common cause. Um, so it's an instant command type system. So if, the, if it happened here in Woonsocket and there's another jurisdiction affected, we, we, would, we would have the help of 30, uh, 37 more cities and towns. It, it's... it's it's more of a understanding of uh, what's what's going on in, in this local region, in in the state, not just specifically Woonsocket. So, what I'm trying to say here, in summary, is that an instant command and a EMA director works hand in hand with the state EMA, and um, there's a bond and a relationship and an un understanding between the two people who are there now, and I think. We need to have the administration make this decision. I mean, we we understand we have two very good people there. Um, they're a tremendous asset to our city. And uh, I think uh, by limiting it to uh, what you have proposed is just, um, just wouldn't be something that we agree, we're agreeing on. And um, that's, that's, that's our opinion. Um, I think they're, they're two fine people and um, you know, I think we could keep them there, and I would just be able to. I would like to make the decisions as a public safety director to appoint these people, and uh, by the, by limiting this, um, I, I don't think it's fair to fair to me and um, the city. Thank you. Any other comments on the amendment, Council uh, President? Councilman Canoya. So, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Councilman Councilwoman Gonzalez. Go ahead. Oh, so my so the current. EMA director and deputy would be disqualified by that addition. Well, the current director know. is a full-time employee. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I didn't know the deputy. I only have one. Excuse me. Oh no, the deputy is the chief. Correct. Current deputy is a current director is a 
is I think not the a current deputy is the chief. Current director. No, current director. say who they are. I mean, it's, yeah. it's yeah. Chief Shatro. He's the dep- he's the dire- uh, deputy the director, deputy. and. Um, uh, Walsh, uh, Tim Walsh. The don't use don't use names because they're not on the agenda. You can no, you can go by the the, the, he the works, positions. He, he works for the town of Lincoln, the director. But if he lives in Woonsocket, he can still be on the, he can still be appointed. Right. So does he live? Is in that Wins- what he said? Is, yeah. is, okay. Resident. Yeah. yeah a resident, resident of the city of Woonsocket, or a full-time employee for the city of Woonsocket. So in either case. Um, the the former deputy director is the full time. Either employee. way, I just don't think we we need to limit who we can put a point there. I mean, it, it, we have two good people there. Why why do we want to? I, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. Okay. All set. Yeah, just one more thing. Yeah, sure. uh, in reference to the deputy, just in case um, there was a question on whether it needs um, to be, when you go to www.riema.rigov, um, they have the 39 municipalities. Each one of those municipalities have both the the um, director and the deputy. Correct. Okay. Not all of them have are filled if i may council president not all they of them are actually filled. i looked through them and they were uh, they might not be For the most part filled they maybe they're old names or whatever but each one of them had um both when i looked in yeah and and frankly looking at the same list i got the impression that that from it that they tended to be either employees of the city for instance mm-hmm. our code of ordinances and the personnel ordinance currently calls for the personnel director is our EMA director in the ordinance already, but it's not the case. Um, and, and, and oftentimes in other communities, it is a an employee of the municipality um, and, uh, and and or a resident of the community. Our next door neighbor, North Smithfield, has a director who is a retired person who is not in public safety. Um, and as the director points out, they have in a regional or statewide response issue, it is, it is all of the directors that come together to work with the state EMA office to deal with these issues. And so um, no one person necessarily carries the day. I'm only concerned that in a localized issue, um, a person who is otherwise engaged in another community for their own issues may not be available to us where I'd prefer, frankly, that somebody who lives or works here be the director or deputy director. I mean, I go back to, I went back to the budget of 2010 or 11, and I think we had a director and three or four deputy directors, but they were all employees of the city. Um, I believe at the time the fire chief was the director. Um, and that's all I'm, I'm asking for is I, I, I don't I don't want to make it seem as if I'm trying to to create a problem I think with the support of other communities and regional issues um, I, I think the responsiveness and the availability would be better served with one of our own employees or uh, somebody qualified who lives within the community just an opinion and I ask that we codify it that's all thank, thank you, you. Any other comments? Yeah. Um, Councilman Kanoya. I will um, I'll support 
um, Councilwoman Gonzalez's uh, ordinance, um, but I will condition it on the amendment made by Councilman Ward. Director, you still get to make the appointment. It's just that you're right, there are some limits uh, within those appointments um, in terms of the pool. And we have that, frankly, in the charter elsewhere for members of the zoning board and other agencies and boards that we, we appoint people to. Um, we're a city of 40-some-odd thousand. Um, in addition to that, we've got 370-some-odd employees on the municipal side, so I think the pool is plenty big enough. Um, and then the last thing I would say, and it's just a gnat, but you know, frankly, the state law doesn't say anything about a, an assistant director. It just says headed by a director. And I know it says similar to state agency, but that doesn't mean anything about having a requirement to have an, uh, a deputy director. But anyway, so I will support this, but it'll be conditioned from my perspective on the, um, what I think is a, notwithstanding your concerns, director, a not unreasonable amendment uh, offered by Councilman Ward. Thank you. On the amendment, any other comments? Mr. President. Councilman Gillette. Uh, there's nothing I don't think that would stop us from changing in the future what, whatever we're passing tonight. So if we pass the amendment tonight and we feel in, uh, in the distant future that uh, you know, we've made a mistake and that we can always change it back. Isn't that correct? Uh, I just don't understand why we're going to change anything that's working good. That, that's, that's my only thing. I mean, we're looking to change something to change something. That's, to me, it's not good business and it's, it's not the process. Thank Any you. other comments? Hearing none on the amendment, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Janjan? Yes. And 21062 is amended 7 to 0. On the main motion as amended, comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Jandrin? Yes. And 21062 is approved 7 to 0 as amended first passage. 21063 amend amending articles. That's, uh, we're into new business now, Madam Clerk. Yes, sorry. So, okay, sorry. 21063 amended Article 16, streets and sidewalks to increase the rental rates for dump trucks and pickup trucks during snow emergencies. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Seconded by Councilman Gillette. Comments? Uh, Council President. Councilman Ward. Obviously, Mr. D'Agostino, you think this is enough, but is it enough? <laughs> um, and I ask only because there's a lot of competition among communities to get the services. Right, and, and we have more streets per square mile than many other communities. We do. Um, but it's certainly a good, you know, it's a start. So, and I'm hoping we don't even need it, but uh, quite frankly, but I think it, it's a step in the right direction and it, it puts us uh, more of an, you know, being more competitive with the other cities, towns, and state. So, the, the, you know, the better vendors tend to go to the state because they pay the most. I and mean, frankly, when I heard about how much some of this insurance costs for these vendors to, to put a snowplow on the front of their truck and do business, it's enormous. Um, and then, of course, those plows, yeah. every season some kind of hydra hydraulic or mechanical component breaks down and they have to replace 
plows and parts and blades and et cetera. So I understand completely, and I, I'm frankly surprised so oftentimes that we actually get vendors to actually do this work. But I, I think it's um, – if you think it's a fair price, I think it's a fair price. Yeah, I, I think, think it's – We need to – I we think need to make sure we're covered to get the roads cleared. Thank you. Yep. Thank Any you. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call. Um, yeah, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 21063 is approved 7 to 0, first passage. 21064, an amendment of Chapter 17 entitled Traffic of the Code of Ordinances for the City of Winsocket. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Seconded by Councilman Kanoya. Comments? Hearing none, roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susie? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 21064 is approved, 7 to 0, first passage. 21065, amending Chapter 17, entitled Traffic of the Code of Ordinances for the City of Winsocket. Motion to move. Motion made by Councilwoman Gonzalez. Second. Seconded by Councilman Ward. Comments? Um, just one. Uh, Director Gillette, do you know of how many overtime parking tickets we give out? Um, I could get that number, but... Uh, <laughs> just round we, numbers. Yeah. In the hundreds? Uh, in the no, I mean, uh, we normally, a month, uh, we might give out... Uh, 25 to 30 parking tickets um but it's probably okay. uh you know good quarter of that are overtime parking okay i just wondered thank yeah, you yeah it's um i think it's time for we raise that price it's a little low any other comments hearing none roll call madam clerk councilman kanoya uh yes Councilwoman Gonzalez? Yes. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? Yes. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 21065 is approved, 7 to 0, first passage. 21R66, censuring Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt for violations of the City of Winsocket's Home Rule Charter. Council President? You need a motion? Oh, motion to approve. Motion made by Councilwoman Sierra. Second. Seconded by Councilman Gillette. Comments? Council President. Councilwoman Sierra. Um, I'm going to speak very little on this evening, to this this evening, but I do have a few things that I want to say um, and clarify as well. And I would like the people also to know um, why this measure is being taken and what and where we're at. Um, at this point in time, the council is in favor of censure over removal at this particular juncture. And that's the reason why this evening I will be supporting the censure. I see it as fair and ample warning to the administration and those within it that this truly is it. I, I speak for myself when I say I will not be offering any more chances and certainly no more compromises. We all have really difficult jobs, but to have to constantly beg for information is counterproductive, a waste of everyone's time. More importantly, we certainly shouldn't have to ask our CEOs or our directors to maintain and uphold the laws within our charter. That should be automatic, unspoken. I feel as though 
this council has tried on multiple occasions to compromise, collaborate, collaborate, and even celebrate with the administration, but to no avail. And that is why we are here tonight. The pavilion represents only one incident of the administration's disregard for multiple provisions within our charter, and certainly not the reason why this censure is in front of us tonight. It is the end result of multiple occasions where the administration has circumvented the council and worked within the shadows. I would rather not take this time to list all the questionable actions and decisions by the mayor, by the mayor and the members of, the, of her administration. I want to deal with the time that we have and what we have going forward. And in that vein, I hope that the pattern of behavior changes and I will not have to pursue a removal. However, removal will be the next step if the charter is violated again. I do want to make that clear to everyone in this room and all the voters. Removal will be sought if the charter is not upheld by the administration or any members thereof. Thank you, Council President. Thank you, Councilwoman Sierra. Any uh, comments? Councilman <coughs> Council President. Kernoyer. Um, <clears throat> uh, well said by Councilwoman uh, Sierra. I will be supporting this resolution tonight. It's not uh, something I relish, um, but I'm doing it for one reason, one reason only. I'm not looking to remove an elected official. I'm not looking to remove the mayor or anybody else. What I'm looking for is a change in behavior. And if you read, I think it's instructive to read this actual resolution, but just the first two whereases, in fact, it says, Whereas the residents of the city of Woonsocket, Rhode Island, demand mutual respect, I'll say that again, demand mutual respect from their elected officials and consider it important to promote a proper work environment so all, emphasize all, elected officials and staff can effectively govern in the best interest of the city. And whereas the city of Woonsocket has a home rule charter that provides in part a framework to help facilitate a proper and productive environment amongst its elected officials. So again, what I'm looking for, and I, I don't know that it's inconsistent with what my colleagues up here are looking for, is we're looking for a change of behavior. And the, the animal shelter, uh, the pavilion rather, is not why we're here. The pavilion was just the straw that broke the camel's back, frankly. And I'm not going to rehash the various incidents over time. Um, it's water under the bridge, and I hope tomorrow's a new day. But we do need respect. And we were elected, too, on election day. Some people don't seem to understand that always. So there's more than one elected official in the city of Woonsocket. And frankly, uh, and I've had this conversation privately, uh, with the with the mayor, um, there's a mindset and an attitude that the council can be dismissed, that the council is something to be ignored. Not always, but too often that is the case. 
And I'll, you know, I'll give you an example about respect. When, when the mayor stands before the Chamber of Commerce, and my colleague asks the mayor a very simple question, what's the biggest barrier to economic development? And the mayor, without batting an eyelash, says the city council. The city council is the biggest barrier to economic development. Not a high tax rate, not the level of, the low level of disposable income that can support businesses, not the fact that we have a limited amount of developable land compared to other communities in the state. Um, the biggest barrier is the city council. That's what you came up with. And from my perspective, and I'm one person, that is indicative of an attitude and a mindset of dismissiveness and lack of respect for her elected colleagues. Okay? Similarly, we, we had a whole discussion and dust up about the American Rescue Plan Act. And this city council passed a duly, duly passed ordinance that requires council approval for the use of APRA funds. And again, I get this difference of opinions and so forth. And that's okay, that's healthy, we need that. If we all agree on everything, then there's something wrong. But I'm gonna remind folks the charter, the duties specifically for our elected mayor, and the very first one it says it shall, not it may, but it shall be the duty of the mayor to see that the laws and ordinances are enforced. Pretty, pretty, pretty simple stuff. To see that the laws and ordinances are enforced. That's the very first duty of the mayor that's, that's enumerated in our city charter. And the mayor's response to the ordinance and the subsequent legal opinion from our solicitor that you know reaffirmed that, yeah, you gotta follow that. Her response was reported as being, quote, I'm not going to follow their dictatorial ordinance. And think about that for a minute. The mayor's very first enumerated responsibility is to ensure the enforcement of ordinances, and the response is, I'm not going to follow their dictatorial ordinance. Keep in mind another thing. All ordinances are essentially dictatorial. Ordinances dictate actions. We, we passed them tonight, passed an ordinance. We dictated that you shall not park on this street. You shall stop at this intersection. Okay, couple of examples. And you know what we do? We get a copy every week or two of the municipal court docket because the city of Woonsocket under the administration hauls people before the municipal court on a regular basis and has them show up right here to be held accountable, to pay fines in, in some instances, for what? For not following, quote, dictatorial ordinances. And again, I'm not trying to be difficult, but when, when our mayor says, I'm not gonna follow the, the, the dictatorial ordinance, it's just, again, it's, a, it's it demonstrates to me what the very first whereas is calling for. We demand mutual respect. We don't have to agree on everything, and we can disagree strongly, but at some point, it crosses a line. And again, I'm gonna read for the public the duties of the mayor. Again, first one, to see that all laws and ordinances are enforced. 
to see that all terms and conditions imposed in favor of the city in any contract or franchise are faithfully kept and performed. Well, we executed the contract with a vendor to put in a pavilion at 105 Cumberland Street, Cumberland Hill Road, and it wasn't faithfully kept. It wasn't a contract to put one in over another location in the city, but it was a contract to put it in at 105 Cumberland Hill Road, and that contract was not adhered to. To keep the council informed at all times, that's one of the duties of the mayor, to keep them informed, the council informed at all times concerning the financial condition and needs of the city and other pertinent matters. So if somebody in their infinite wisdom decided we're not gonna put a pavilion where we were directed to put it by a duly passed resolution of the city council, well, the council needs to be informed of that and we need to have a discussion. You can't just say, I'm going to ignore the council and I'm going to do whatever I want and the hell with the council. Can't do that. It's to, another duty is to recommend to the council such measures they may consider necessary or expedient. Again, recommend. To prepare and recommend to the council an annual budget. Recommend. To prepare and present to the council a comprehensive annual report of the financial transactions and other activities of the city following the close of each year, to make and study, make any study or investigation which, is the, which in the opinion may be in the best interest of the city, which may be ordered by the council by resolution. And lastly, this is the one that's most important, is to perform such other duties as may be required of, of him or her by ordinance or resolution of the council. That's a duty of the mayor in this city to perform other such duties as may be required by, or, uh, by resolution. Now we, we received a legal opinion from the city solicitor and you know frankly it was a statement from my perspective it was Captain Obvious, okay? It was a statement, a statement of the obvious and he just repeated but it's important to note that that legal opinion should make clear to both I shouldn't say both, but to the mayor, to the public, to the council, and to the mayor's staff. Three things. One, the council can remove the mayor via resolution. Not something I don't think anybody up here wants to do, but they can do it. They're authorized and can legally do it. Number two, the mayor has to follow resolutions. And that's an important thing because, as I said, it lays it out pretty clearly, but we've had discussions in the past where the mayor has suggested a resolution is just a, an opinion. And unfortunately, I think that comes from the time at the State House where they passed resolutions to recognize birthdays and holidays and so forth. Um, and, and resolutions is not, uh, the, the concept of a resolution is not the same at the State House as it is here in Woonsocket City Government. A resolution is something, is a document that can call for action that has to be followed. So now we know, we have a legal opinion very explicitly, the mayor has to follow and adhere and comply with resolutions. So that's important. So my hope is that going forward, starting tomorrow, I don't hold a grudge. I take every issue one at a time and we move on. 
But the behavior has to change. And can we make some changes? Sure, we can talk about that. But this stuff is egregious. And I am, I am tired as an elected official of spending my time chasing after this type of stuff, to be very honest with you. Our time is limited up here. Um, I don't like every time we try to get something done, it's a cat and mouse game. If we pass a resolution and say, go put a pavilion at 105 Cumberland Hill Road for the animal shelter, for the benefit of our strays and so forth, it's got to be done. And that resolution was passed in 2018. Here it is, September 2021, and there's no pavilion there. And I don't want to hear excuses either. I'm happy to have a dialogue and a discussion if somebody wants to do something differently. But I'm not going to tolerate just being ignored and getting the Heisman and saying, I know better. It's not going to happen anymore. And I look at this, this is a, a censure. And forgive, this will get twisted and misrepresented, but that's okay, I don't mind that stuff. But this is a warning shot. This is a warning shot. And I hope it has the intended effect that results in a change behavior going forward. Because right now the city council is effectively with this censure and again, forgive me, but they're walking around with a loaded gun right now. It's not, a, it's not something they want to do. It's not, it's not something they, they're, they're, they, they relish. But I'm telling you, time is short for us up here. And I'm not wasting my time anymore. I will work together. I will have disagreements. But I will not be ignored. I will not be dismissed. I am an elected official of the city. So want my colleagues. So the other thing I would say is at the last meeting when this first came up when Councilwoman Sierra presented this, I did speak. And I very clearly, in fact, it was reported as such, I very clearly asked, is there anybody here that can give me an explanation? Because what's being described doesn't sound too good. And I didn't hear it from anybody. And there was a member from the engineering department here. Nobody said a word. And I think it's important to know that the bid, the RFP, for this pavilion at 105 Cumberland Hill Road was prepared by the engineering department. Not once, but twice. Okay? It was prepared by the engineering department with the assistance of the planning department. And then we're told that, oh, we didn't put the pavilion there because there's underground utilities. Well, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to have a back and forth necessarily tonight because it is what it is. But, you know, when I ask, tell me where the utilities are and tell me the depths, uh, I find it not a very credible response that the only reason we put the pavilion over at River's Edge Park as opposed to where it was explicitly directed to go, 105 Cumberland Street, I find it, I don't find it credible because the vault, the water lines, the sewer lines, they're all four feet, five feet, ten feet below ground. Yet we put the pavilion in at River's Edge Park and we put cement pylons 18 inches down, just 18 inches. 
and there's a, there's a liner that can't be pierced. Um, and we have other stuff over the, where the animal shelter is that have fences and fence posts in the ground. Um, I just, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm not going to debate it at this point, but the reality is this whole thing never should have happened. But as Councilwoman Sierra indicated, it's just, it's one, it's just one example that on top of all the other examples has finally reached a tipping point. And it's September of 21. Uh, we're up here for another year and three, four months. We're trying to get some stuff done. And if we work together, we'll get lots of stuff done. But if we run around thinking that we are the only elected official in the city, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And we can't walk around saying, I am not going to enforce a dictatorial ordinance. All our ordinances are dictatorial. As I said, we haul people in here on a regular basis for not following our dictates. So I will be supporting this. I'm not happy about it. I don't enjoy it. I don't relish it. But I, I don't know what else to do at this point because I've been up here for several years talking about some of this stuff. And uh, as I said, we're at a tipping point. I indicated the last time I am prepared to do things that I wasn't prepared to do previously. I hope this is the end of it. I hope it's water over the bridge and we move on and work in a much better way going forward. Um, again, this is not about a pavilion per se. This is about how we operate. So I, I will be supporting this. Thank you, Councilman. Any other comments? Mr. President. Councilman Gillette. I have a very simple, short statement to make, and that is that the mayor and all seven city council people took an oath of office. That oath of office included within it that we are to obey the laws. In this particular case, Councilwoman Sierra caught the mayor breaking a law. And if we don't at least censor the mayor for breaking the law, the city council as a body is not doing its job. The people need to realize that we have to do our job. I think it's as simple as that. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Council President. Councilman Ward. I am going to be voting in support of this resolution this evening. It is uh, under the circumstances, probably sufficient. However, there is ample evidence that could have successfully supported a removal of office proposal. Um, all of the things that are mentioned in this resolution, as well as the things referred to by Councilman Knoyer, uh, are valid. And in addition, um, the quote in the paper, I think, from August 5th in the Valley Breeze saying, I'm not going to follow the dictatorial ordinance they passed. Uh, frankly, I don't know how seven people can act in a dictatorial way because not one of us or any individual is passing this. It's done through a debate, collaboration, approval process subject to a mayor's veto. She has vetoed over 20 ordinances in her term uh, that have been overturned, the veto is being overturned, but um, the fact is no ordinance is dictatorial. It is designed, drafted 
debated and approved by a council subject to a mayor's approval and they are on our books and therefore legal and binding as the solicitor pointed out. In that article back from August 5th, the mayor took exception to our involvement with federal funds and um, simply said that our authority was limited to dealing with the municipal budget and let me see, um, it doesn't say anything about federal money coming in. She was quoted in the paper as saying, however, I have to refer to it, and, and we had this discussion partially when we were discussing the, the resolution to approve the repaving of River Street um, that was on our agenda because it was in excess of a $100,000 bid award, and our charter is very specific in section uh, chapter 8, purchasing section 10, and I quote, all purchases or contracts in excess of $100,000 or purchases of con or contracts scheduled to be performed beyond one year shall not be awarded until approved by the resolution of the City Council. Now, I drafted original ordinances for CDBG program and for the ARPA program, and in reading this section of the Charter, what this tells me is neither of those ordinances are actually necessary because our contract for CDBG is a contract with HUD, and it has a time period that is at minimum three years, up maybe five years, and deals with a million and a half dollars, and therefore is governed by this section of the Charter requiring council approval by resolution in order to perform those contracts. The ARPA is the same one, the same way. It's a 30 plus million dollar uh, disbursement of funds coming to the city for which purchases will be made well in excess of $100,000 and will require approval by the City Council as we have a resolution this evening um, related to fire hydrant coating systems that I believe is indicated to be coming out of ARPA funds and it's appropriate that it would come before the Council. Um, which indicates to me that there is some recognition that the solicitor's opinion is binding and that this we will we can look forward to following the rules in the charter um, and I, I I do look forward to that because uh, applying for CDBG funds without council approval and filling out a form which by the way the city is required in order to get the county share of the money for the ARPA program the city enters into a contract with the state having to do with specific conditions under which we will receive the county share of money and rules we'll have to follow and deadlines that, ex that are three to four years for the expenditure of those funds. And so it constitutes a contract between the state of Rhode Island as an agent for the federal government dispersing these funds and the city of Woonsocket. And it's signed by either, either, either or both the finance director and the mayor as the authority acting for the city. And so in order to put in place and act on these, this grant, we are required to be involved. And so I expect, as we put in the ordinance, that I don't believe is necessary, but I'm glad we did, because it's more certain as to the specifics, um, these are the things that have to be followed, and the mayor appeared unwilling 
to follow them. I hope since August the 5th, um, she has been persuaded to look at this in a different light and will work with us instead of compartmentalizing us into the municipal budget bucket and not being relevant to the rest of the operation of the city because we are. And, you know, the article back in August came after me because I happened to write the ordinances, and so it became a her versus me as though I somehow am the council. I am not the council. I am one member of a council. I propose things, but seven members discuss and debate things and make judgments and decisions about them, and that's what we did. So if, if there was some complaint, it should have read that the council has a problem. And I don't think we have a problem. We simply want to participate in the governance of the city and in the contracts and in the purchases in the capacity that we should. Quite frankly, I think our charter is maybe too liberal by having a $100,000 threshold or having contracts in excess of a year, although the contracts in excess of a year constitutes a lot of things, even copier leases that are three years should be coming to the council for approval. Um, maybe the 100000 is too high. Maybe we should do like so many other communities where every competitive bid goes on the agenda of the council to be reviewed and approved. And we could deal with every request for spending in excess of $5,000. I don't think that's necessary. But, um, and I hope that in changing the way we conduct our business, we won't ever have to consider a charter amendment to make it more restrictive. Um, but I, I do, as others have said, this is, this is sort of the warning shot, and I can tell you I could have added to the whereas's in the resolution to take much stronger action, and I am hopeful that it won't be necessary, and I would look forward to, uh, how shall I say it, a new day in how we conduct our business here in the city in a more cooperative way. And if it doesn't come, then we will act appropriately at the right time and swiftly. Thank you very much, Council President. Thank you. Any other comments? Council President. Councilwoman Gonzalez. So one of the reasons why I decided to even run for this position was this thing that I think everybody is speaking of is this mutual respect. And um, I hear everybody saying no one is intending to remove uh, the mayor. The point is not to remove her, but is to send this loud message. Um, but I'm always skeptical when the loud message we're trying to send is louder than the voice of the people. We are all elected officials here. A lot of the circumstances and situations that I was not here for because I wasn't in the council years before, but they keep coming back um, to conversations were made public prior to this last election and the voice of the people still place this mayor in her place. And I know that many people see it as probably, you know, I'm just siding with the mayor or whatever, but I feel the same way about any one of the people sitting here that if there was um, any situation 
that would arose that would question, if the question even has to rise, whether it merits revoking um, what the voice of the people has declared, then I have uh, an issue with it. For that reason, I will not be in support um, of this resolution, but I do believe that um, there has to be some mediation. We have to come to a place where every person in this um, council, I've had time to get to know you, and I think everybody, um, uh, we have a good team. You know, and I look at the administration and I see, okay, we have a good team in the administration where we have to find a way of bringing that mutual respect that we can get things done um, knowing that um, each person has the best interest for the city. I have issues when it comes to uh, the description where it says uh, maleficent and willful neglect. Um, I see how hard our mayor works for the people of our city. And um, I also see how uh, that's not excluding saying that we don't. I see you working too. Um, but this is one step away from impeachment. And for me, impeachment is silencing the voice of the people and I can't I can't go in that direction. So just in regards to your comments, I view this resolution as a proverbial line in the sand. And from what you said, you feel that this doesn't rise to the level for censure. I would hope that at the next meeting you'll bring back a resolution that will identify what your tolerance level will be and where your line in the sand will be and what point you're willing to silence the will of the voters on this council and ignore the votes that your six colleagues got along with you because when people made that vote for the mayor or made the vote for you, those were two very conscious decisions. And with that conscious decision comes a great responsibility for you and you and you and me and everyone else up here. And I hope what you're saying is that you're not looking to, re to shirk your responsibilities because I don't know how you can have a gradient view of the law. It's either a violation or it's not. And this may be your first term and you don't have as much um, history as some of us up here. And I can appreciate that. But I would hope that at the next meeting, you can be very clear and identify by resolution what your line in the sand will be. Well, I don't, I don't think that I need a resolution for that. I think it's clearly stated any um, willful neglect, maleficent, misdeed. Um, I agree that, you know, I believe that the mayor 
should have consulted the council prior to relocating the pavilion. I'm in agreement with that. But is that a conscious decision? That's where we don't know, and that has not been proven. So if it has not been proven, my benefit of the doubt goes to the vote of the people. And that's, that's where I have an issue. It has not been proven. This is the opinion of everyone here, but there is no concrete proof unless there's something I'm not aware of that this was willful, she did this on purpose, you know, and um, until that's not proven, that's where I have an issue. Okay. So I will just finalize with my, my words with this, that I am not here tonight seeking to remove a problem. I'm not, that at, I'm not at that point yet that I am looking to remove the problem. I'm looking to fix the problem. And this was the mechanism that was chosen to help do that. And in my desire, I hope we never revisit this again. And that'll mean that tonight's action was successful for the seven of us. But one thing that Councilman Ward said, and I don't often disagree with him, but I wanna publicly disagree, is when he sat there and said, we want to participate in government. And I don't want to participate in government. I have to. We have to. We have a responsibility to participate in government because I have every interest and desire to follow the charter. And that following of the charter dictates what I have to do. So I don't want to participate. I have to participate. So I will be supporting this um, when it comes to a vote, and I hope that my colleagues do as well. Council Mr. President, President, I haven't spoken yet. Councilman okay. Susi, great, thank you. Um, yeah, there's no, you know, there's no question before us that this council has all the authority that we need to, to do censures, to do impeachments, whatever it might be. That's that's really not in question. And my thought was that last month's meeting, we had uh, this council. Many of you were, were very uh, clear and very. Uh, uh, I think forceful even in, in the uh, in the comments that were made towards the mayor in regards to what we feel about certainly about this pavilion uh, situation and the frustration over the last couple of years about uh, about the perceived uh, you know her perceived actions towards us and so forth. I thought that was the warning shot. I mean that was a that was a pretty big warning shot. I think it was made quite clear that something or somebody from this council could do something that has now been done. Um, that was a month ago, and I, I personally I don't think this is. I will not be voting for this because I don't think it's, it's necessary at this point. We always have that option. Uh, I'd like to give it some, I want to give it some time, maybe another few months and see where, where things are going. And, uh, you know, we, we have seen improvements, by the way, since a lot of these issues have come up in regards to, you know, getting reports to us and so forth. We are certainly seeing a, a better effort there. So that means that worked a little bit. Um, so it, it, it was my hope that uh, without going to this extreme, and this wording is extreme. I mean, it might sound... But, you know, if people read this in, in, in its entirety, it's, it's very extreme. And I, and I agree with Councilman Gonzalez that I don't think this mayor is, is that. I really don't. I think that there are disagreements you have and we have with her, and she you know, goes back and forth. Uh, that has to get better. There's no question about that. Um, but to do this, essentially, which is one step below the, the impeachment, I don't think uh, 
I'm not ready for that, and uh, so I will not be voting for it. And it's my right, obviously, as a council to believe that. So, yeah. Thank you. Council Mr. President. Council. One second. Councilman, um, award was up first, so. Oh, okay. Um, uh, related to Councilwoman Gonzalez's point about um, un undermining, so to speak, the will of the people, and I do, and I'm glad she recognized that the charter is very specific about willful misconduct, as the resolution points out. Um, as a matter of fact, there are some conditions in here that become questionable because they become very subjective. Um, but willful violation, I think, would count when you have a quote in a newspaper by a mayor saying, I'm not going to follow the dictatorial ordinance they passed. Now, if that were to continue, I think you could only characterize it as willful. I, I don't think she would, by mistake, not pass, agree with uh, follow the ordinance uh, related to CDBG or the ARPA program um, because the, the solicitor has made it clear and she objected and said she refuses at that time. I'm, I'm assuming that that's not the case today. However, the very next paragraph reads, Baldelli Hunt acknowledged that there was a time when CDBG spending plans were brought to the council to be considered as a whole and the council would pass a resolution supporting disbursements, but with the quote unquote controlling factor now on the council, she can't risk members making changes when restrictions are severe thus jeopardizing it. She said she wants input from everybody, but if, and quote here again, I start allow, allowing people like John Ward to tinker with it, the city could be in trouble. She said she doesn't mind the document with a breakdown of where funds are to be distributed going to the public at a council meeting or any other forum. Quote, we just can't start changing things around. Now, that's a statement saying that the council is not to be trusted, and therefore we should not work with them on federal funds issues, and it's simply wrong. And though I agree, if this were simply a misunderstanding, and I think the, the necessity of the censure rather than a removal is such that it could be a misunderstanding. And since August 5th, things appear to be changing, and that's a good thing. Uh, the point is, if this tone still exists in City Hall where we are rejected out of hand because we are the quote-unquote controlling factor or we would be tinkering with things, uh, I think some of our job is to tinker with things. That's what the people elected us to do, too. And the fact is, if this were to continue, I think we end up in the realm of willful violation. If it does not continue, this goes nowhere else, and we will have succeeded in bridging the gap, coming to an agreement on what everybody's role is, and doing business the way we should conduct business. And as most likely most cities around the state and across the country deal with these federal funds and this kind of activity. Um, but more to the point, there are smaller matters that get missed, and this um, pavilion was one of them that if it were not caught, would have just slid through. And, and so it's, it's a broader thing than just federal funds. But statements like this in a newspaper indicate an intention to not cooperate and to willfully violate ordinances that I'm hoping will not occur. And, but if it should, I think 
the voters that voted for us would expect us to enforce the provisions in the charter and the ordinances just as much as they would expect the mayor to comply with them. And if they voted her in, I don't think it was necessarily that there was a, um, a full understanding of the depth of the problem here. Frankly, I was out of office for only a few years, and it was incredible to me how, how much contact you lose from the inner workings of things because I really was not up to date on the frustration of so many council members over this breakdown in communication and the lack of cooperation. But when I got back in, it, it hit me like a brick wall right in the face. You just, you, sometimes you can't really sense it. And now that we're talking about it so boldly and it's being discussed in the newspaper, I think the voters have a better appreciation of what this is really about and how deep it goes. And I'm glad for that because it gives us an opportunity to discuss um, more of the details about how these things are working, were working, how they should work, and how we hope that they will change in the future. And so, yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't willy-nilly want to throw someone out of office. It's a very high bar. Um, but again, the foundation has been laid, and if it ends up that that occurs, then we have an obligation to enforce the charter as it is written uh, in order to protect the people of Woonsocket from what would be a an abuse of the law, and we can't tolerate that. So that's where I believe this will go. I hope it will not go, but this is how we express it, and hopefully people will understand what our point is. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Council President, for the second council. council <clears throat> excuse me, Councilman Kanoya. So look, um, again, to echo a little bit what Councilman Ward said, I appreciate Councilwoman Gonzalez's point about the will of the people, and there was an election. I get that. That's why I don't take any of this lightly. But as Councilman Gendron indicated, so too were we elected, yourself included. And we got elected, both us and the mayor, um, knowing full well what the conditions were, okay? This is always here. This isn't something new. This isn't something we just pulled out of thin air. These provisions have always been there. So we took the job with these conditions. And when you get into willful neglect, listen, the pavilion didn't fall out of the sky and land in River's Edge Park. It was a deliberate action to put it there. Um, and there's other things that, you know, we never did an RFP for River's Edge Park. We did an RFP for a different location. So there's a number of things here, but again, it's the cumulative effect. Um, and as I, as I indicated earlier, and I, I'm not going to rehash some of the prior incidences, and you suggest that the voting public knew that, you know, is aware of them, um, I would suggest, as Councilman Ward just suggested, that they're not always aware. There's a lot of things that go on that we are aware of, but not everybody sees and is involved in all the sausage making, how the sausage is made. So I would suggest to you the, the public isn't always aware, and they don't need to be at this point. And as I said, I'm not looking to rehash some of those issues. But what I'm not going to do is continue to tolerate it. Um, and I think, although I respect both your opinions, I think it's important to document this. It's like documenting a conversation you have with your personnel director. It gets documented, documented it gets put in a file. You know, we're well past verbal warnings. 
and again, I, I, I acknowledge and recognize that you're a little bit newer to the game than, than some of us. Um, and the other thing about working hard, I think everybody up works, uh, everybody up here um, works hard. Um, the mayor works hard. Um, but it's like a, you know, a local unnamed radio host likes to make that comment. Um, working hard is not an excuse not to do your job. Working hard is not an excuse to ignore the charter. Working hard is not an excuse to, as I like to say, give the Heisman to other duly elected officials. Okay? Um, and as I said, this is about, it, it really gets boiled down to, it starts with mutual respect. And I gave you two very simple examples. Um, when, 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 you know, starting off the, the early term saying that the council is the biggest barrier to economic development. That's indicative, in my mind, of a mindset and of an attitude that frankly is consistent with what I've seen for quite some time over the years. Um, and, and I do agree with Councilman Susie that things have gotten better since we've had this conversation. Um, and I hope they remain better. Um, but again, this has been a conversation we've been having for quite some time. And I think it's important to document it because I don't want to hear the next time there's a violation, there's a next time that we get the Heisman, there's a next time that there's the mindset of I'm not going to follow their dictatorial ordinance. When, if and when that next time comes, which I hope it doesn't, the first thing I'm going to do is pull this out and say, do you remember this? No ifs, ands, buts about it. It's not a he said, she said. There's no confusion about what the conversation was. It's right here in writing. And what we say in section five, I think is important, the last section, the city council further asks Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt to refrain from engaging in similar conduct in the future, lawfully carry out the duties and obligations of the position of the mayor, keeping in mind one of the duties is to do whatever you're asked via resolution, adhere to the city of Woonsocket city charter comply with resolutions duly adopted by the City Council and work cooperatively with the City Council. I think that's all very reasonable. And this is the important part that is documented. And that failure to do so shall result in the Council invoking the provisions of Chapter 16, Article 2 of the Home Rule Charter, which is the removal provisions, which again are the conditions and provisions for which we all signed up to when we took these jobs and we put our name out there to run. This is not, it's not like you know, this is, it's not like none of us knew this. So I, again, I respect, your, I respect your point of view. I would encourage you to support this. It does nothing more than make a very clear warning. It's no different than you get pulled over by a police officer and they give you a warning. They still give you a ticket sometimes and they give you the warning. They may not do it the first time, they may not do it even the second time, but usually the third time, if they don't give you a full-blown ticket, they'll give you a warning. This is not the first discussion we had in this realm. I hope it's the last discussion. So I would encourage you to reconsider and support it. I think it's going to be helpful for all parties. So now everybody knows, with no confusion, where everybody stands. We know what the rules of the road are. We know what the expectations are. It's all written down. And nobody can cry foul afterwards if there's a problem. So thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? I'd like to make a, just a couple of comments. Director? So, 
you know, I, I, you all can do whatever you want to do with the resolution. You sit up there, I sit down here. I understand the hierarchy. I get it. But when you say the mayor and her administration, I'm part of that administration. I don't want anybody watching to ever think or say that I evaded a question, not answered an email, or responded to any of you, ever. I want that made perfectly clear. I'll make that clear. Okay. Well, so second. will I. In, in seven and a half years, Absolutely. I will answer any question. I don't care if it's tonight, tomorrow, the day after, the day after that. I have no problems answering a question. And you've so. demonstrated that? Time and again. Time and again. Okay, and there are, you know, because there are some of us that work very hard here, and we've, we've worked, okay, and there's some really good people. We don't have to be here. We choose to be here. I just want to make that clear as well. So I don't want my reputation impugned or tarnished in any way, shape, or form when you, that broad brush, okay? Gold doesn't tarnish. Exactly. <laughs> Council President. So I just wanted to uh, clarify that. Thank you. The broad brush was used not to single anyone out. Those who, who have to take that comment to heart should. You are, clearly are not one of those people, Director. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing none, let's do a roll call, Madam Clerk. Councilman Kanoya? Yes. Councilwoman Gonzalez? No. Councilman Gillette? Yes. Councilwoman Sierra? Yes. Councilman Susi? No. Councilman Ward? Yes. President Gendron? Yes. And 21R66 is approved, 5 to 0. 21R66. 5 to 2. I'm sorry, 5 to 2. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> sorry about that. 21R67. Granting permission to use city property. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Seconded by Councilman Knoyer. Comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 21R67 is approved 7 to 0. 21R68, granted permission to use city property. Motion to approve. Motion Second. made by Councilman Ward. Seconded by Councilman Gillette. Comments? Council President, I uh, just will. Councilwoman Gonzalez. I will abstain from voting because this is my church, and um, I I just want to let you know that there was a um, invitation. Let me stop you right there. If you're going to recuse yourself, I wouldn't talk about it at all. Okay. Because you don't want to cross that line. Okay. Okay. I mean, you can you can say it. I'm just. Am I correct, no. solicitor? Was, no. Okay. Don't say anything. Just okay. recuse yourself. I'm just recusing myself. Walk away, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? The ayes have it. Uh, and 21R68 is approved, 6 to 0, with Councilwoman Gonzalez uh, recusing herself from this vote. 21R69, authorizing award of a contract for the rehabilitation of water system fire hydrant exterior coating systems. Motion approved, Jim. Motion made by Councilman Kenoya, seconded by Councilman Gillette. Comments? Uh, question. Councilman Ward. And maybe, let me just make sure I'm seeing this in its proper form. Um, the funding for this is 
Is it specified in this? I thought it was, but APRA. Okay. Uh, a question, and maybe Mr. Luba should come up because it involves classification within the financing, um, as could because, and I should explain to the public under the ARPA, there's there's different pools of funds, and within the different pools, there are things that are allowed and things that aren't allowed, um, which make it advantageous to do certain things out of certain pools and not out of other pools. So, I guess when it you know. American Rescue Plan Act has become a very nice cover to put over everything, but in fact, there's component parts within it. Um, for instance, water and sewer improvements and broadband improvements qualify for the county money, but revenue recovery, um, revenue, if it's, if we're, I doubt we're using revenue recovery for this. Am I correct there? You could. Um, well, you could. I don't, uh, well, actually, I, I, I think it, Come, uh, comes under the classification of responding to the public health emergency. These fire hydrants apparently are filled with lead. That's why painting them and remediation is, is so expensive. Uh, the lead is chipping in many cases. Actually, it's, to me, it's a lot less than I thought it was going to be, quite frankly. Um, but, but I guess my point is that the local funds, in this case, the city has $28 million. And, and you'll notice a resolution uh, asking that we be provided the revenue recovery calculation for the city. Um, and by way of information, I calculated the revenue recovery information for the town of Lincoln. And we can recover up to $10 million, according to the formula. Of course, the local money we're getting is only $2.8 million, so we're never going to get to 10 But in Woonsocket, the local money is 28 and a quarter million dollars, um, so the, the revenue recovery calculation using the 4.1% annual growth number associated with the difference between the 2019 actual results and the 2020 calendar results uh, will produce a number. It's and about 11.4 million. Okay. And the point is that that is the least restrictive pool of funds out of all the ARPA funds. That is the one that can be used for general government operational expenditures, not necessarily sp specific to those things that were put in place in a plan specifically or, or specific to COVID-19 response. They're just replacing the revenue to use. So we're talking $11 million. And so I was, I, I was simply, I, I recognize you could do this out of that $11 million, but because there are many other things that we may not qualify under the other categories, and this does qualify under the other categories, then I would hope that we would establish the accounting for this in those pools so we would see which pool this comes out of, either the county share, the local share that is not revenue recovery, or the local revenue recovery pool, which, as you say, is $11.9 million. Um, and I, I wonder if that decision had been made at this point with this fund. I, I believe it qualifies under the um, um, public health emergency, which is the first category. But, it, uh, but that is eligible spending under the county $8.1 million it's, pool of funds. It's, it's, it's either eligible under either of them. Yes, 
but and I guess I'm just trying to segment yeah, out I, that. I, I, I know what you're saying. You want to get as much as you I can leave the in the 11.4 because yes, you can use it broadly. If it qualifies otherwise, put it where right. it's otherwise qualified. Yeah. It gives us the greatest flexibility on the revenue recovery for that pool of funds for other things that exactly. are not specifically exactly. allowed for in that yeah. uh, those other exactly, pool of funds. and that's what we intend to do. That that answers my question perfectly, and I and I, I think it's a, this 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 segmentation is maybe when we speak of a reporting or an accounting of those funds, it really does lend itself to setting up three buckets of funds so you can start deducting those things we're planning to spend the money on out of the individual buckets, including your cost, whichever category that may come out of, or all of them, so that we can see each pile of money shrinking as we start doing things and awarding contracts and doing work, um, so that it gives us a clearer view of what what we can do with what's left and what flexibility we have in going through the process. Yeah. That's all. And I'm glad you were here to answer the question because yeah. it's an important And, it's an and important in that regard, um, I've prepared a uh, presentation on ARPA. And for many of the council people who aren't as knowledgeable as Mr. Ward because he's, uh, you know, he's, he's in on all the calls and uh, he's prepared it for the town of Lincoln. Um, I'm willing to go through it with uh, any council person in, in a group setting or individually. Um, just uh, email me at Woonsocket and I'll be happy to go through it with you. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? The ayes have it. And 21R69 is approved 7 to 0. 21R70, authorizing the cancellation of certain taxes. Motion to approve. Motion made by Councilman Second. Ward, seconded by Councilman Gillette. Comments? Council President. Councilman Ward. By way of information to the public, this abatement of taxes totals $33,465.44. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? The ayes have it. And 21R70 is approved 7 to 0. 21R71 instructing the opera administrator to provide the opera revenue recovery calculation for the city of Winsocket. Council President, uh, in light of the Mr. Luba's appearance and his explanation that he has information available to us, and assuming that that recovery calculation is something that he can provide to us, I don't think there's the necessity of a resolution to, um, to effectuate that, and so I'll withdraw the resolution. As a co-sponsor, I will withdraw as well, so we will just disregard 21R71. 21R72, granted permission to use city property. Motion approved. Motion made by Councilman Kenoyer. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Sierra. Comments? Hearing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And 21R72 is approved 7 to 0. Council President, I motion that we adjourn. Motion made by Councilman Ward. Second. Seconded by Councilwoman Gonzalez to adjourn this meeting. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And we are adjourned at 914. Have a good night, everyone.